Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. We are talking about Tuesday's NBA playoff games on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller here with you. Also here with you is Brandon Funston. Funston, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Let's talk some NBA. I'm ready. Yeah, let's talk some NBA with Dan Santaramita as well. Big Dan, how you doing, man? Good. I'm excited. These are, well, the Atlanta-Miami game was exciting, but the, the two Western <laughs> Conference games, really excited for this one. The, uh, these two, I should really say. Really? Western Conference has just been, like, I mean, what a ridiculous first round. And I'll be the first to say, like, I was I was not necessarily expecting that outside of a couple of series, uh, but it has been a super exciting first round in the Western Conference, and we're going to get two more games uh, on Tuesday night that are going to hopefully uh, take that to another level once again. Dan, as you said, first game, maybe not so much. Let's quickly dispatch of this one. Heat and Hawks uh, getting together for Game 5. The Heat up 3-1 to one in this series. Heat are favored by 7.5 with this one returning to Miami. 217 and a half is the total. I think this is pretty academic, you guys. Give me the heat laying the seven and a half. Give me the under 217 and a half. I mean, the bottom line here is that Atlanta scoring just hasn't been there. It just flat out has not been there. And I don't see why we would expect that to suddenly change here in game five. Houston, or excuse me, uh, Miami, far and away the better team. They are a bad, bad matchup for what Atlanta does. Atlanta is a team that really did live on Trey Young all season, and this is just not the sort of matchup for a scorer uh, in the way that Trey Young gets his work done. We've seen some of his worst games of the season come in this series. We've seen some of his worst games of the season come against Miami, and when his offense doesn't go, Atlanta's offense doesn't go. That has been borne out in this series. I think this is under 217.5. I think Miami wins relatively comfortably, kicks its feet up, and gets ready for its second round series. Dan? What are you thinking about this game? I have nothing to add. That was perfect. It's, you quickly <laughs> dispatch with the Hawks, like you said in the intro. That's it. I think the only other thing I, I would think about playing, uh, if you want to just play it a little differently, but it's basically the same bet, would be to play the Hawks team under. You can get it at even money for 100, under four, 104 and a half. That's another like way to that. basically play it. The, because you're, they're correlated. You're obviously, you could play the overall under. Um, I, I could go with that. Yeah, it's it's amazing how poor Atlanta's offense has been, and Trey Young really yeah. for the most part too. Yeah, I actually like the seven and a half. I think it's great. I mean, we're really close to having this series be over if not for the one point win in Atlanta for the Hawks. Uh, the three wins by the Heat have all been double figures. Two of them have been like I think twenty plus. Uh, their average win- margin of victory in this is nineteen point three. So in the games they've won, they've won decisively. So here we are, Miami coming back home. Seven and a half, I think, is a nice line for the heat to cover i definitely on on that for sure a nice a nice year for atlanta right they, they finished the season a couple of games over 500 they win the back-to-back games uh, including uh, knocking off cleveland in cleveland to get into the playoffs uh, and that was a cleveland team that had all its guys back you know maybe jared allen wasn't quite at 100 percent in that game but they still knocked them off in cleveland so it's a nice season for atlanta but just very very clearly overmatched in this series with the Heat. So really feeling like the Heat can comfortably take care of business in Game 5 and wrap up this first round series. Ballard, does this count as a gentleman's sweep if they win Game 3? What's the definition? We need to, we're talking Excellent. about this. Excellent question. <laughs> Excellent question, Dan. I love that you asked me that because uh, I, I consider myself to be something of an expert on the gentleman's sweep. I... People are telling you different things. I think it qualifies as long as the the team that wins goes up at least two nothing. 
the the pure gentleman sweep is you win the first three, you lose game four, you go home and you win game five. That's the it's pure a, it's gentleman the sweep. That State, is uncut. It's the Golden yeah, State that, Nugget series right there is what it, it is. Exactly. Exactly. That's the pure gentleman sweep. I think it qualifies if you go up 2-0 lose game three, and then win games four and five. I think that still uh, can fall under the, the umbrella of gentleman sweep. Anything else doesn't qualify because at some point, you're, like you're like if you lose game one, you're concerned. If you lose game two, it's 1-1. You're not necessarily thinking like, oh, we've got this for sure. So there's a little bit of trepidation in it losing one of the first two games, even if you ultimately do win 4-1. So I don't think those qualify. But a 2-0, 2-1, 4-1, I think that still qualifies. What are you, you guys new to the gentleman sweep term? How do you feel about that? Sounds like a gentleman's sweep with an asterisk to me. You know, <laughs> I agree with Funston. It's yeah. like it's like the yeah, it's not the perfect gentleman's sweep. It's like there was a walk and an error. You know, <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think it qualifies. Well, that's exactly what the uh, what the Heat are looking for the uh, the, the no hitter gentleman sweep, not the perfect game gentleman sweep for uh, for the uh, Heat coming up here if they can take care of business in Game 5. How about these Western Conference games, you guys? Both series tied at two. Deci- not decisive, but uh, crucial Game 5s in these two series. Let's start off with Grizzlies and T-Wolves. The Grizzlies are six-and-a-half point favorites in this one, 232-and-a-half the total in this game. And this is another series uh, that has seen the totals drop precipitously from where they were set previously. Now, this one has gone over a few times, but Games one and two were in the low 240s. Games four and five now in the low 230s. So that's something to keep an eye on, I think, in this Grizzlies-T-Wolves matchup. Funston, what do you have your eye on for this game mm, five? This is another series that I have had a hard time. And, you know, it's it's basically been vacillating back and forth, you know. Um, I'm going to lean <sighs> – I'm going to lean the Grizzlies here uh, mm-hmm. to take to take this one coming back home. Uh, I don't love it. I'm probably staying away from this one in general. I might lean the over as well, uh, yep, but I, I will. I'll take Desmond Bain, who's averaging 30 in his last two, to go over 20 and a half on his point total, which which I like. I think he's kind of found a groove. I can see him getting into the, the low to upper 20s again. So I like that from a player prop standpoint, but the games the game is just kind of scares me all around. And I'm probably staying away. If I'm betting anything on the game, I am betting the over uh, because like, I mean, you know, we, we talk about this a lot and I actually talked about this on an episode, um, you know, just, just last late last week. And I, I played the over in this, uh, in this game four and it went comfortably over and it was right here at two thirty two and a half. And, you know, we know that your know, defense just changes in the playoffs. This is not some random Tuesday night in January game where the teams are like half interested and in getting up and down. This is nothing like that. This is not, you know, these two teams had a lot to prove in the regular season and they did so. And so maybe they were playing some games against less motivated opponents where they were able to push the pace in the way that they want to get up and down the floor. This is not that. But these are still two teams that play that style of offense. And you can't totally change your stripes in the playoffs just because it's the playoffs, nor can you force the other team to change its stripes. So you still have like, I'm surprised to see this number down at 232 and a half again, because even though you would expect the defense to be stepped up in the playoffs, these are still two teams that want to get out and run and will invite the other team to do so as well. So I'm going to lean the over here. I really don't want to play the side. Six and a half feels way too big for me. But at the same time, I do feel comfortable in feeling like Memphis has maybe you know found its level here. So I'm staying away from the side here. I do have a prop I like. I lean toward the over. Dan, what do you got for us? In the I point? think it's interesting you're with your thinking of the uh, the over because – 
there's been a weird trend. The two uh, Memphis wins have been way under, and then mm-hmm. the two Minnesota wins were over on were 237 each, actually. So it feels like, you know, either Minnesota wins or they don't score 100 points. That's been what's going on. I'm not saying that's a you know sustainable trend, but it has been an interesting thing in this series. I think it's been a little too up and down. There's been some matchup chess. There's been some surprisingly good and bad performances from players. Cat shoots four field goals and then goes for 33 and 17 the next game. I'm staying the heck away. <laughs> yeah. Entirely? Yeah, staying yeah, away yeah. entirely from this one? Um, let me give you a PRA that I like. I'm going Anthony Edwards under his PRA of 32 and a half. Um, he just – he hasn't – been doing enough outside of scoring for me to like him going over this number. And the the, the problem with that is that yeah, he's good enough to, to do this on points and points alone. He scored 36 in game one. He absolutely could put up 30 points and then, you know, basically sink me on points. But other than that, uh, by game by game, six assists, one assist, two assists, four assists, two rebounds, six rebounds, seven rebounds, four rebounds. If he stays in the low to mid 20s, I feel pretty comfortable about him coming underneath the 32 and a half. If he ends up getting somewhere between 26, 28, 30 points, obviously at that point, I'm in trouble. Uh, but I, like, I just don't, yeah, Minnesota, Anthony Edwards, I think, is going to have the best career of anyone who is on the Timberwolves right now. This team is at its best right now when Carl Anthony Towns is being more of a 33 and 17 style of guy rather than a, how the hell did you only take four <laughs> field goal attempts in this game, Carl? Like that is where this team needs to live. And so this team is just, this team gets its best results. I feel like when Anthony Edwards is asked to be a 13, 14 field goal attempt, 22 point scorer. And that's just not going to lead him to having over 32 and a half PRA. He needs to do 85% of the work to get there on points and I don't think that that's the style that Minnesota wants to play here. So I'm going Anthony Edwards under 32.5 PRA for Game 5. Yeah, it kind of felt like a very concerted and um, effort by Cat to not be the wilting flower this time around. Like, it looked like he had a mental, you know, like, I am going to step up. And mm-hmm. well, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue that and carry that over. But uh, it was good to see because, man, the narrative he was he was going down was that – you know, he's just a guy that's just is a wallflower when it comes when big games come around. So um, it's done a little bit to help restore uh, his reputation a bit. Yeah, certainly more than one headlight for uh, for Carl Anthony Towns in game four of this series. Suns and Pelicans, Game 5, a series that has been totally flipped on its head because of the injury to Devin Booker. Right now, as we are recording this, it is 12.30 p.m. in the Central Time Zone, so we have no word as to Devin Booker's status for Game 5 as we are recording this. We knew he was going to miss Games 3 and 4. Suns quickly came out and said that, waiting on Game 5. As it stands, though, Suns, 6.5-point favorites in this one, 215.5 the total. This is a huge one, Funston. What do you got for us? Well, I, I'm sorry, but I, we just have to look at what we've seen since Devin Booker's been out. And what we've seen is the Pelicans winning two out of three games in the last 12 quarters, uh, you know, which have all been without – not all of them. I think Devin Booker, when did he That's go out in that early game? Second like, half. No, yeah, first, first, first half, right? Did so he even play in the second half? He had the 31 in the first half. I don't know if he even came on the floor yeah. in the second right. half. Right. Well, so we can look at the last 12 quarters, two of them – you know, two of those quarters with Devin Booker playing, the Pelicans have outscored the Suns by 23. So, I mean, it's 
and it took uh, Chris Paul kind of uh, you know uh, all he saw was white light performance down the stretch in that in that one game for them to Damn win. Damn right he did. Yeah, and that kind Damn of screwed, right screwed, he did, you guys. Dan and I's na- narrative that we had on that, but uh, you know, but uh, yeah, but other than that, the Pelicans have been the better team. I, I, I hate to say it, and I, I so maybe if Phoenix wins this game. I just don't. I think six and a half is a little bit too much given what we've seen the last three games. Yeah, it's not the best uh, podcasting, but I. I Funston took the words out of my mouth, and that's literally it. I think he was—he has been fantastic. Uh, our um, New Orleans has been fantastic since Chris Paul has been out, and this is too many points to give him. I'm assuming Booker is um, is going to be out, and Chris Paul can't do it by himself. So, can you guys figure out the total on this game? Because I can't, and like <laughs> that always scares me a little bit when it when something feels too good to be true in the gambling world because there are multi-billion dollar opulent casinos all across this one street in Las Vegas for a reason, but 225 in game three, 221 in game four, both of those without Devin Booker, and now we're looking at a game five total of 215 and a half? Like that just that does not add up to me, and so like well, you forgot are, the two thirty nine in game two as well, right? And that, and that was and that was with a, just a half of Devin Booker, and I mean Devin mm-hmm. Booker scored thirty one freaking points in the first half, so he had a lot to do with it. But so like you know, I, like I'll take it, I'll, you know, I'll throw that in there to add to my argument. But even if we just chop that off because Devin Booker was involved in that game, we're still looking at two games that went over this number relatively comfortably, and so like. If we're going to be talking about a game that's at two fifteen and a half, like what's our what's our pathway to getting there? Like Monty Williams goes back into the lab over the weekend, tears everything down, and tries to have this game play out more like Game One, where Phoenix won one ten to ninety nine. Like, is that what we're looking at here? Where Phoenix maybe leans a little bit more on what it can do on the defensive end of the floor? I, like, I, like I, I just don't I don't know if I buy that. And we're seeing a little bit of a coming out party for Brandon Ingram in the series as well, where you know Brandon Ingram has been a very good, uh, occasionally great basketball player over the first six years of his career, but he looks like a superstar in this series. And so, like, I'm just not sure if a Phoenix wants to do that, and b if they're capable of doing that. And so, like, I, I see, I just see a total that feels too low. I, f- I see a total that feels narratively driven by the number one seed missing its best player. And even though that's been the case the last two games, this has, this has still gone over 215.5 with relative ease. I'm going to bet that it does so again. Give me the over 215.5. That's my favorite play in this game. And I'm with you guys. I lean Pelicans as well. I'm not going to bet that myself. That's my lean. But over 215.5, I mean, again, I can't. Can either of you construct an argument for the under? I cannot find a good one. No. Uh, in, in fact, I wasn't really even cluing into that over total until you just brought it up and i'm like yeah you're right that does seem a little bit low what's going on there it does have you kind of looking around like what am i missing you know um but i'm with you on the over i think that's a great call let's do it let's do it you guys there's a lot of a lot of a lot of agreement on this show from us you guys we're all on the heat we're all feeling you guys are feeling the pelicans in a big way i lean in that direction we're feeling the over in this game this is a kumbaya sort of moment on best on the board so hopefully this comes through for us. Hopefully we're adding like a, an eight and one day to to the ledger uh, on this uh, episode because that would feel good. That would feel very good in what should be a really fun day of playoff basketball, largely because of what we're expecting to see from Grizzlies, Wolves, and Suns, Pelicans out west. That's going to do it for this episode of the best on the board, you guys. For Funston, for Dan, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>